Welcome to the Philippe Matthews Show at thepmshow.tv. Named the Oprah of the Internet by Mark Victor Hansen, Philippe Matthews doesn't ask questions that are different. He simply asks questions that make a difference. The Philippe Matthews Show features entertainers, bestsellers, authors, thought leaders, change agents, and world-class experts in the field of personal, spiritual, and professional development. An Internet marketing entrepreneur, Philippe is the creator of the How Movement, dedicated to teaching people how to move from the mindset of hope to the process of how. If you are ready to take your life to the next level, move from the mindset of why to the mindset of why not. Tune in right now to this latest edition of the Philippe Matthews Show and watch your life grow. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, on the Philippe Matthews Show. I've got the good doctor back with me, Dr. Meg Blackburn Losi. Uh, we have been doing an incredible series uh, on uh, everything consciousness. Uh, and I think today is, is, is uh, put uh, part six uh, in, in this incredible series. <clears throat> and we're not falling short today either. You would think that, well, okay, you can only explain so much. But after we explain so much, there's always so much more uh, that comes up as a result of it. So I'm so honored to have her back with me. Dr. Meg blackburn Losi. welcome back. Hey, Philippe. Hey, everybody. Thanks for being there with us. Without you, we wouldn't have much to do. So I'm really, <laughs> really honored to be here to talk with you today. We'd be twiddling our thumbs. Yes, we would. <laughs> um, so so I wanted to have this kind of, you know, we talked about the etherical body, and we went into various different aspects of, how, of what happens when we pass on and uh, different ways and how we pass on uh, affects how, we how the soul responds to that it was absolutely fascinating and so what i want to talk about with you today uh is um how religion uh in various different faiths um if you will hamper um um our spirituality our our our, our ascension uh and and you know, it's almost like being in kindergarten. You know, we, we we might be fully grown and have PhDs, but sometimes spiritually we can be, uh, uh, you know, in Head Start uh, with certain levels of faith and <laughs> I religion. I love that. You know what I mean? I do. I do. And so you're talking to a fully grown person, but then when we talk about uh, something spiritual, they, they start um, uh, spouting out various different aspects of their faith, and you say, Okay, this person here graduated with double, P, you know, triple PhD. How to, what, where, you know, what's going on here? And so, really, your academia has nothing to do with your spiritual development. And, nothing at and, all, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And 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 so, so let's have a conversation about how religion gets in the way sometimes of our true spiritual growth. You know, religion serves a really good purpose, Philippe. It gives people a place to have faith and, and hope and and something to believe in because we're innately wired to seek our divinity. It's part of who we are. And if some of you might remember, if you've been listening to our series, we talked about how we are hardwired into creation as an aspect of the living one and that we serve such a vital part of that that if something were to happen to any one of us, creation would absolutely implode. Mm-hmm. That is a fact. So religion serves to isolate us from that in many ways. 
mm-hmm. and it comes from truth that has been forgotten. And what my observation in studying ancient religions, ancient texts, a lot of the different religions that are currently in our world, is that each of them contains some grains of truth, but those truths have been made into such finite belief systems Mm -hmm. that they kind of trap us into nothing else is acceptable or possible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's the part that a lot of people struggle with. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I joked with you after our last conversation when we were talking about, well, what are we going to do next? You know, and, and mm-hmm. I said, well, I, I, we talked about religion, and I said, well, I'm a recovered Catholic. Right, and, I remember that, yeah. <laughs> and I, I used myself as an example because I can remember being a little kid. I was in Catholic school, made to be there. And we were forced to go to confession every Friday morning and then to kneel on hard stones and give penance in the form of prayers for our sins. Mm-hmm. Well, how many sins can a little kid commit? <laughs> and I can remember making up things just because I had to go to confession. Wow. So my sins were actually a result of having to do the ceremony of confession. <laughs> and that didn't make sense. No, not at all. And and that's just one example of how we're kind of roped into, okay, you have to believe and act certain ways mm-hmm. or you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And religion does that. And it and some religions teach about a vengeful God. Some teach about a, a, a loving God. There's so many different areas of belief and history behind mm-hmm. uh, everything that I can I can an, another example you know in Catholicism and I'm not picking on Catholicism it's just my greatest experience as mm-hmm. a kid I remember falling down and skinning my knees one day and I was always told if you do something bad God's going to punish you. Mm-hmm. And it kept me in a very narrow mode of being the good girl. And I remember thinking, what did I do wrong that God would punish me and hurt me like this? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And thinking back on that is absolutely horrifying to me that I was very young and I had been very indoctrinated early on. And and for a, for a while I stayed in that, but I started to ask questions and the answers would always be to put me in my place. Mm-hmm. And I would say, well, how do you know this? Well, it's in the Bible. And that was the answer. And I've I've heard this from a lot of people, and mm-hmm. I'm not picking on anybody, but religions are really based on memories that we can't quite seem to find because they're so ancient. Mm-hmm. And we've done the best we can to recreate what we once knew, and that was the pure freedom of our consciousness interacting with creation. Mm-hmm. So, religion does a lot of good things, but it also serves to limit us. And it's in those limitations that we fall short of our true spiritual nature. And there's so many rules and so many teachings and so many guidelines to follow that it becomes more of a a controlling thing that teaches you that nothing else, you have no power 
and nothing else is possible except this. And that's completely not true when it comes to being honestly and and completely of a spiritual nature. Mm-hmm. When we, many people, particularly in the past years, have begun to question the dogma and the teachings of their various religions and have started to come to the understanding that, wait a minute, there are things I know that, how could I know those things? Mm-hmm. I, I, I have abilities nobody's talked about. And they feel shamed or or worried that people will think they're crazy and they turn it off. Mm-hmm. They they shut down. They get so tense around it and uh, afraid of their abilities or knowings that are coming forward, which are actually truth coming through, that it confuses people. Mm-hmm. And what we've been seeing for many years now is people, and the term awakening is used a lot, mm-hmm. Waken, awakening to greater realities, which is where I've come from and because of my own experiences of having that happen. And so in that process, we start to realize that, wait a minute, we're really not confined to all of those things, we are part of a, a greater mystery and truly li- a, a, an aspect of the living one, which, which I'm sorry, I've got a little dog that's growling at a puppy. No <laughs> sorry about that. I will, uh, I will remove myself from there. Um, so, so when that happens, we start to ask questions. We start to explore that part of our nature. And what we come to realize is that, wow, uh, this is true. And other people are having it too. And that's kind of snowballed in our world over time. And we now have a very, very spiritual movement that's astronomical in numbers. And oh, what? Sorry? I said no question about it, absolutely. What fascinates me, Philippe, is that as I've traveled around the world, and we've talked about that, and whether I'm in the Amazon jungle or I'm talking to the head druid of the Druid Bards and Ors of England or mm-hmm. whether I'm in New Zealand talking to the Maori people or or in any other place in the world, I've been to most of the most sacred sites. And everywhere I go, Everyone is saying the same thing. They're getting the same information, and they're all, everyone is seeking the same thing, and that is divinity. That's what spirituality is really about, mm-hmm. finding our true divine nature, our marriage between our humanity and our divinity. Mm. And religion puts us in such a bind belief-wise that it doesn't allow us to explore that. And a lot of that came from times past where religion was used to control people and mm-hmm. keep them mm-hmm. in their place because certain people benefited from it. And well, I think some of that still exists today. It does, yes. And please don't think that I'm anti-religion. I'm not. I respect every belief that anyone chooses to have. And I want to make that really clear. It's just that with all the research in the ancient texts that I've read and those that were considered heretical in the time of early Christians, 
uh, I, I've had to come to a broader view of all of this. And one of the things that's knocked around the most <laughs> is uh, achieving ascension. Mm-hmm. And ascension is a word that's really overused. And it's even used in some belief systems as, okay, you are X amount ascended. And you mm-hmm. have to strive to be this much ascended. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and so it's actually used to create hierarchies, which is an untruth in creation. Mm-hmm. In creation, all things are equal and made of each other. So ascension is something far greater than that. And I wrote a piece this week, and I put it out on my blog, and I'm absolutely stunned at the reactions that I'm seeing online as it goes around the social network system because simply I was answering a student's question and sometimes early in the morning things kind of fall out of me because I'm really relaxed and, uh, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, I get Mind in the zone. And, yeah, and mm-hmm. I, I was able to really describe a, a good, concise uh sharing of what ascension is and we thought you and I together would talk about that today and and give a broader perspective outside of the whole religious thing outside of any belief system and just describe what it is exactly and how it works because a lot of people are paying a lot of money to go there and it's unnecessary mm-hmm. <laughs> and a lot of people are claiming to teach it and don't have a clue, and I'm not saying other people don't know this, but what I am saying is everybody has the ability to achieve ascension while living a human life mm. and to bring that energy back to the earth with them mm-hmm. once they have gone there. And that's something that people don't really understand, and to me it's Let's Finally. talk about that. Because, let's talk about that because we you, you, we did a, you, you did a couple of exercises in the early stages of, of this mm-hmm. series uh, that took us to ascension, uh, and we were able to bring it back with us. So uh, let's talk about what is ascension, and then how how you, you know what 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 is, what is the process uh, of ascension. So for for those who uh, need to to get that uh, new level of edification, uh, sure. what is ascension? Ascension is basically this, and it's not something that you do. It's some. It's a. It's a state of being. Mm. It's not a brain thing. It doesn't happen by our thoughts or a process that we can be taught to do. It comes from letting our defenses down, getting so present, and into a state of consciousness that is so high that things start to happen in our body. And what happens is when we get to a level of this high of consciousness and it happens at the pineal gland, you might remember early on we talked about there's a spiral that goes around in our brain that's the same kind of spiral that the Fibonacci sequence uh, is pictorially, the Fibonacci sequence is nothing more than a mathematic formula that dictates a spiral. Well, we have that in our head, and I described that in an earlier episode. 
And when we get to the center of that spiral, it circles around our pineal gland. When we ignite that part of our brain by perfect stillness, quieting our brain, and humility, I must add, has to be in place. Mm-hmm. You can't do this from an ego perspective. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. And what happens is in that moment, our DNA has little fields of light, just like our body has a field of light, which is, by the way, scientifically measurable. The DNA, they haven't caught up with yet, but they will. Mm. As our consciousness becomes higher and higher frequency, there comes a moment where the light fields of our DNA expand so much that they unify in our body, meaning every cell in our body has DNA in its nucleus. Mm. And as that happens, our body and our consciousness become one. Meaning, you can literally turn to white light and disappear if you want to. Mm. Some people, there are certain avatars that are talked about in in many of the ancient texts, were able to do that, to come and go. Mm-hmm. Uh, to just disappear into thin air and come back or show up somewhere else. And they were using this tool. And when our bodies and our consciousness unite, we become pure light and we are aware that we are in that light it's beautiful it's it's golden and we have no sense of any kind of containment there's no sense of a body or anything even close we just are and we're aware of everything that's happening in creation simultaneously it's not a brain thing Mm -hmm. it's us being in our light bodies and free of all the earthly encumbrances. And it's so joyful if and when people reach that state of consciousness, they don't want to come back home to earth because Mm -hmm. it's so beautiful. Sure, that makes sense. But here's the deal. We came here to have lives, to experience the sweetness of a touch, the beauty of a sunrise, things that we can feel emotionally the Mm -hmm. art of loving others and ourselves and our our senses that we experience through when we are in a state of oneness of ascension consciousness nothing is separate it just is and it's beautiful but when we're in our earthly bodies we have the time and the opportunity to have all those experiences, and that's what we come for. And as we have those experiences, creation learns from them, and it magnifies everything. And so when we pull back from that ascension consciousness, what happens is we bring home back to earth, and we radiate it. And because of that... Because of that, we're contagious. Mm-hmm. People will come up to us and say, I am so drawn to talk to you, I don't know why. But what is it? What is it that I need to know? What is it that's drawing me to you? Or they'll walk up to you and they just spontaneously will start releasing crying. 
releasing emotions they've held forever that they just didn't even know were there. Um, any number of things can happen when you bring ascension consciousness back to earth. And it's a beautiful thing. And when that happens, when people encounter someone who has been home and brought home back and authentically walks that on the earth, I might add, and doesn't go to ego with it, mm-hmm. because that completely changes the story. When someone encounters someone like that, they are initiated, initialized to ascension consciousness just by being in their presence. Mm-hmm. Jesus was a good example of that. People got near him and amazing things happened. That was because he carried that as he walked the earth. Mm-hmm. And we have that ability. And we it's it's written in the ancient text. The Gospel of Thomas is a perfect example. And it's it was found in the uh Nag Hammadi Gospels in Quamran in the nineteen forties. And basically it says, splinter a piece of wood, and I am there. Lift a rock and you will find me. Mm-hmm. And basically saying that everything is, that the creator is everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so when we're expressing that as human beings, we initialize other people without us or them realizing it. And something in them starts to remember that perfection. And either instantly... Or, over time, those people generally will start to wake up and unfold to their greater nature simply by being in the presence of someone who already has. So, it's something that is a beautiful thing, a natural thing, and as I said, not done by a process, not done by anything that you might go to a workshop and learn. I'm, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I'm sorry to all of you who teach that kind of stuff, but the fact is, it just is. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, 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 ascension isn't a goal or an achievement or an accomplishment. It's a much greater thing. It's a state of being as our true nature and nothing more. But that's everything, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. How is our DNA affected by ascension? If we're able <clears throat> to to ascend and move mm-hmm. into that state of consciousness and then come back to our bodies, what does that do to us? Uh, what does that do to the physical body? It's a beautiful thing, and that's a that's a really good question to ask. Thanks for that. Um, mm-hmm. What happens is, first of all, once our DNA has expressed itself so magnificently and become one with our consciousness, something interesting happens it becomes higher frequency. We Mm. talk a lot metaphysically about raising our vibrations. Well, how does that work? What what does that? Higher states of consciousness does that. And what I mean by that is when our DNA goes through that experience, what happens is that, of course, as I've stated before, light remembers everything is recorded in light as it experiences its journey. And our DNA is comprised of light, so our DNA remembers that that state of being. And because of that, it evolves and it expresses uh, epigenetically. And the beautiful thing that I've seen with people that experience this state of consciousness is that 
our true selves start to show. For instance, if we're overweight, swollen from emotional protection, that falls away. Mm-hmm. If we're not well, we heal. If things are going wrong in our lives um, because we didn't know any different, uh, how to change that, things start to change. And we start to attract people, all of this because of the way our DNA is expressing. We mm. start to attract people that are of similar frequencies. A lot of people want to say like-minded people. Mm-hmm. It's not mindfulness. It's a far greater thing than that. So it's not something to believe in or hope for. It's something that we already are. Mm-hmm. It's our perceptions that keep us from there. So that's my kind of nutshell explanation of what true ascension is. And religion took that as, for instance, the example of Christ rising from the dead and then floating to heaven in a beautiful light. And we're told to strive for that place. Well, we can do it anytime we want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's just a matter of letting go of all of the, the beliefs and the idealistic nature that we've been created for ourselves, I'll say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and is letting our way, is there a proper way or an improper way to uh practice ascension? Uh and, and, and to move in and out of that level of consciousness. There I wouldn't call it proper or not proper by any standard. What I would say is or a correct oh, way or incorrect way, or is you know can, you you can you can't really mess it up in a sense, I guess. No, you can't. And yeah. here's the biggest here's the biggest advice I can get give you anybody. Don't try, <laughs> because trying yeah, means <clears throat> trying denotes that you might not be able to do it. Okay. Trying does nothing but frustrate people. Mm-hmm. What it what it comes from is complete authenticity of self in other words we learn where we're holding ourselves back in life with our beliefs our emotional issues whatever they are letting go of that stuff we talked about that in a previous episode mm-hmm. and I, I gave some really good tools for that and and then our mind has no reason to be chattering all the time trying mm-hmm. to protect us it can be still and it starts in the heart and what the best way to go there is drop down into your heart and breathe into your heart and imagine that as you're breathing into that place you can feel your heart expand as if it's experiencing the greatest love in the world and then let breathe that energy through your body and let it create a field around you. And that field is the same light that your consciousness reunites with in your in your awareness, shall I say, uh, to the ascension point. So that's a good way to start. It's not anything you can do mentally or as a process, but mm-hmm. more from a place of heart and being Without and the other the other best advice I can give is don't have any expectations mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. because you're going to get what you expect or less. Let 
creation show you the way. It will. The best, the best two words that I always teach my students is show me. Mm-hmm. Just show me. Take me home. Show me. Whatever. And and have nothing else. Just Just let that go and just be still and let your heart expand. Let your light expand and concentrate only on that. And pretty soon you'll leap right into ascension consciousness. There's is this a, something we should? Is this something we should um, engage in um, monthly, daily, weekly? You can do it anytime you want, or as often as you want. My caution is that once you start getting into higher states of consciousness, it doesn't stop. <laughs> so yeah, you can't turn, you can't turn the spigot off once you open it up, right? Pretty much. So, yeah. but but that's mm. not exactly true. Mm. What I find is that people who start to be able to get there get so excited. They do it so often that they get so jacked up energetically that it becomes very uncomfortable. And the other thing that happens is people will have experiences and then try to go back to that place. Because mm-hmm. because it was so cool or so mm-hmm. amazing, mm-hmm. and what I need to say is, trying to return to an experience will never happen because it wasn't another now. We we need to remember that everything happens in, in, now, never outside of it. So if you had an experience that was another now, let yourself be shown to whatever experiences you allow yourself to have now because that's how you get to the ascension place. You don't try to recreate something. You don't try to create something. You just become that because Mm -hmm. you are already that. You let yourself remember is really what's going on. So um, those are some really good tools. And and we talked, uh, I can't remember which segment it was, Philippe, but we talked about the exercise that I teach called movement of spirit. Mm-hmm. That can take you to ascension consciousness in a heartbeat mm-hmm. if you do it. If you do it really the way that I explained it. Um, but here's the deal: we have to remember that we are the ones having the experiences. They are coming of us, not at us or to us. And because of that, we're always in charge of our own ship, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if we get too overwhelmed or excited or jacked up energetically, all we have to do is pull back and take a few days off. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll never forget when uh, I had my, I call it my series of cosmic two-by-fours, and I woke up so fast, and I had <laughs> nobody. I had nobody. I mean, I had masters showing up in my living room teaching me about consciousness and creation and healing and you wouldn't believe the things I learned. And and it was intense and immense, and I had people I used for reality checks to make sure I wasn't going insane because it was so fast. And I, I said, if you see me getting, you know, if you see me getting really whacked, call me on it. And mm-hmm. nobody ever had to, but I did have people that... Because once I opened the way that I've been describing today, um, it, it, 
it just keeps going and going and and you don't feel like you need to eat or sleep. You're basically living on light energy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and so you have to be really careful to take care of your body when you're doing this kind of high consciousness work. You burn off magnesium and uh, potassium first. Next, calcium. Well, most of our body systems use those minerals in their cycles, and it's very important that we make sure we drink a lot of water and and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. eat well and and take those minerals if we're really running a lot. But what what was what I was going to say is, I didn't realize at first when this kept coming and coming, and I mean it was twenty four seven. Mm-hmm. And I was getting so much information so fast, I couldn't even make sense of it. And I got to the point where I was living in the surreal, based on our perceptions on Earth. Mm-hmm. I was living in other dimensions so much of the time, I was not being functional in my earthly nature. And I needed to change that. And one day it occurred to me to say, I need three days and three nights off. Mm-hmm. I'm exhausted. I need to go to work, and I don't want this to stop, but I'm a human being, and I have needs, and I'm tired, and I'm hungry, and whatever at the time. And I, you know what happened? Silence. Cool. Complete silence. And I was like, oh, thank God. I mean, you would think that you would never <laughs> want it to stop. but Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, thank God, I can have my own thoughts for a while. And then mm-hmm. I realized at, at the very minute, at the very end of three days and three nights, mid-sentence picked right up where I left off. And that was unbelievable. And mm-hmm. then I realized that I could balance my human nature with the with the connecting with the divine, the the entirety of consciousness and I could balance that and bring it into words on earth that people could understand and that's where that's how my books were born mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it was me trying to explain the enormity of those experiences and so that became my passion is to teach the sacred from a human perspective and I've fortunately been able to develop at least a half sane vocabulary <laughs> to, <laughs> to do that and and to share these things with people so uh, these these are very real things that we are mm-hmm. we we don't do them we are them and Let me everything ask you else that. now sure. we, we, you, we you've outlined what happens to us when we mm-hmm. sand what happens to those around us as we are now moving into that vibration and 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 uh, increasing our, our our vibration and our radiance? What happens to our immediate environment, our friends, our family, uh, our pets? What happens when we bring that vibration back into our uh, lives, just being us? We're contagious. That vibration actually initializes the same in everyone around us, including the animals. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and it's quite fascinating. Some animals are more sensitive than others. Um, you'll mm-hmm. see often or hear about certain animals that are very good at he- healing people just by laying next to them or mm-hmm. 
being able to smell disease or uh, other things. Um, those are just a couple of examples of how the animals might respond to those higher vibrations. People, on the other hand, will will start to awaken uh, if they're not resistant. Sometimes what happens is people that are around us feel the difference and respond negatively because they don't understand what they're feeling. We've changed, but they don't understand how. Mm-hmm. And that can be painful. And what I tell people is that often once we reach a certain state of being, which is what it truly is, it's not just vibration, it's it's complete being, mm-hmm. that the people that don't fit us, that, are, that were out of truth with us somehow in our lives, will fall away. Mm-hmm. And that that can be a process that's hard. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, they were not true in our in our world in the first place. Mm-hmm. There were uh, reasons for those friendships or expectations or other things, you know. But they weren't based on truth. So what happens is. The relationships that we have that are not based on truth literally fall away, and and other people come into our lives that uh, harmonize with what we've become, and those relations are amazing because they're so truthful, and there's no reason to be on guard with them, to be anything, to wear the mask, I like to say, mm-hmm. that we tend yeah. to wear in public. Uh, we attract people that no mask is required, and mm-hmm. and we find ourselves being able to be very truthful without being afraid of it because mm-hmm. there's nothing to be afraid of. We got it. We've we have been home. We know what truth is, and so everything is beautiful. And you begin to see even in things that you might have once judged or thought negatively of, you start to see the greater picture and have an understanding and compassion for people that you never had before. Mm-hmm. You you start to see their pain instead of, of the expression of it. You know, you mm-hmm. start to realize, wow, there is so much more to... You begin to see past people's faults and see their needs. Yes. And and it's a beautiful thing because then you relate differently in the world. And when you relate mm-hmm. different, differently in the world, that is a living example of of the sacred. Mm-hmm. So that's how it kind of comes down through our DNA and into an epigenetic expression of a greater being as a human being who is completely aware and connected intentionally with their divine nature. <clears throat> this is fascinating. Um, now we so so we know how how it manifests itself in us uh, through the ascension process. We know that uh, in our immediate environment, it 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 we become it, it radiates and and people become attracted to us and, and attracted to that radiation. How does mm-hmm. our ascension um, affect the collective? Interestingly, that's a very cool question. Thank you for that. (laughs) Interestingly, as we, as human beings, connect in that expression of oneness, Mm -hmm. 
it actually communicates to creation that humanity has the ability to do that. We forgot. And creation rearranges in such a way that the harmonics in our world literally become different mm-hmm. and more and more people awaken. You, you, you've heard, I'm sure, the well-overused theory of the hundredth monkey syndrome where one monkey will learn a behavior and then others will learn and others will learn and once a hundred uh, learn that behavior, it becomes a natural uh, behavior in the species. Well, consciousness and ascension consciousness do the same thing, but on a much grander scale. When a, a certain number of people have reached that, which has already happened, by the way, things start to evolve in the common consciousness and we start to see signs of it in our world. Mm -hmm. What's really interesting is the first signs we see are a rise in negativity. Mm -hmm. And the reason is that as the light becomes greater and, and and a greater force of truth, there is always a seeking of balance of the other side of things. It's mm-hmm. it's the perfect meaning of the yin and the yang. One half is white, one half is black. And the key is to walk the center line, to be familiar with all aspects of ourselves so that we don't have fear of what we don't understand. Mm-hmm. And so the common consciousness helps us do that. And what's really cool is when two or more of us gather with a singular intent where have we heard that before Mm -hmm. that intent is exponentially amplified infinitely so that expression that intention becomes an instantaneous part of the common consciousness we can change reality as a group of beings simply by gathering in a singular expression using our heart and an intention and nothing more. Mm -hmm. A lot of times when groups come together with beautiful, beautiful intentions, it happens all the time all over the planet. Mm -hmm. The problem is that everybody has an idea of what that's going to look like. Mm -hmm. And And it isn't as effective as it could have been. So I suggest... If you're listening and you participate in groups that do this, suggest to the group to express the emotion of the joyfulness, the bliss that you'll experience when that reality has come to pass. Mm-hmm. Only, only the emotion. See yourself in that reality. And if everybody could do that in one unified moment, it is and I know that to be true I've seen it I've experienced it and it was unbelievable I was in a group of people a couple of years ago Mm -hmm. and they were working toward a similar thing Uh, and I felt a sense of unity in the room for a brief moment where everybody oh almost 300 people got into the same space in the same moment 
unconditionally. And I went home. I literally went home. I leaped wow. out. And I thought, oh, my God, I'm dying. I'm transitioning right now in the middle of all these people. And you know what I thought? What a better group of people to do this in. (laughs) (laughs) And, And I had the most incredible experiences. And then I found myself back in my body, back in the room, and I was so stunned. I was certain that I had crossed over. It, because of everything that happened, and, and we've talked mm-hmm. about these things in previous episodes, I was so certain that I had done that that when I found myself in the room, I was in utter shock, and I couldn't even speak. I barely could walk, and I got up, and I went to another room, and I just sat there stunned that I had had the honor of being in the in the presence of a group of human beings who actually achieved unconditional love mm-hmm. together in a perfect moment. And that's what can happen. And a lot of people in the room had experiences that night. Um it it was it was amazing and I saw the potential of what we as humanity can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, by that experience. I always try to bring it back to us as a collective, not me. You know, it's not me. It's us. And and that taught me something huge. And that was the power that when we come together, we can ch- achieve by simply being in our hearts and being unconditional together. And the world can be an entirely different place. And no, I'm not a wing nut. These are very real experiences, and I don't have to address my sanity. Weird is wonderful, and that's a cool thing, you know. But um, I love it. <laughs> seriously, I'm, I'm, what I talk about is very real, and there are—I'm not the only one that has or can experience this. I don't claim to be. What I'm right. saying, my whole thing is empowering everyone. We are never separate. It's impossible. And once we recognize that, that's when we can go to that place we've been talking about today. Well, I think we should, uh, my goodness, I think that's it. I think we should end it there. <laughs> talk about taking us on, to, on an amazing journey. Um, thank you for that because we transcended uh, our religion, uh, our faith, our limited beliefs, uh, and moved into a level of spirituality and then moved into the the process uh, and elevation of ascension. Uh, what a journey! What can I add? One more little tiny piece. Please. Short. Always have faith. Faith is the most important aspect of of knowing. If you have faith that what you know is true, then anything is possible. Hope implies failure. Faith mm. faith cinches the deal. Faith and humility. And I really wanted to add that because without those two things none of what we talked about today is possible. That's so incredible. Thank you for that. It's 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 a beautiful journey. It sincerely is and it's an honor to share this and 
be able to talk so openly with you, Philippe, and you're so cool, too. <laughs> so are you. <laughs> <laughs> I I really love having these conversations. I can't tell you how long I've waited to have them with somebody who really could go there with me, and, and I just want to honor you for that as well. Oh, and, thank you. And the listeners who keep asking for more, I'm I'm touched and honored to be able to share these things. Um, how can people get in contact with you? How can people, because uh, I know you've got a, a, a trip coming up to Guatemala. Uh, talk to us about that and how people can, can experience you in real time. Thank you so much. Um, I have two websites. My main one is spiritlightlite.com, and there's lots of great tools, free stuff on there. Um, and I also have archives of all the writings I've done about all these things that are for a meager pers- uh, subscription fee, just so I can keep it going. Um, and I also teach a course called Touching the Light, which teaches everything we've been talking about, plus how to apply these concepts and these ways of being to actually touching people and helping them heal. Mm-hmm. Um, the Guatemala trip is starts December 1st. It's, I believe, 12 days. And I am fortunate and honored to be working with the highest Mayan elders uh, there are. And they're going to be offering private ceremonies and we're going to be doing some massive ceremony in some pretty phenomenal places. So um, just go, all of that is under um, my schedule page on spiritlight.com. Mm-hmm. And they have asked me, because they are elders, so they are elder, <laughs> um, to limit mm-hmm. the size of the group. So um, unfortunately, I do have to limit it to a certain number, and it's half full already. So um, wow. if you're thinking about going, don't put it off, because uh, I I will have to start saying no soon and I I really hate that but I have to honor them and their energy and what they give to the world every single day is unbelievable so yeah I'm I'm just awed for the opportunity to have this experience and bring people there Uh, so well I'm honored by the experience that uh, and the energy that you bring to my life and to um, many many lives and I'm just honored that uh, we're able to share it in this time in this life. It's amazing. Thank you so much for being you. I love you back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my good friend. I love you, and um, uh, you know this is not the end. This is the beginning. So we're going to continue this conversation and, and and pick up wherever we leave off, whenever we come back uh, to it. Uh, but I just, you know, ladies and gentlemen, just. Take this series and 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 uh, you know share it with yourself. Uh, make it a part of your daily discipline. Make it a part of your personal ascension process and program, if you will. Uh, and we'll see all of you guys, or listen to you all, all hear all of you guys again next on the Philippe Matthews uh, Radio Show. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. 